Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the Snipe and Selly podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. We are skating a man down this week. Mike is not joining us. Uh, very busy man these days, especially with an upcoming wedding, uh, but he is with us in spirit. But I do have Haley and Lauren with me. How was this week for you, ladies? It was good. I'm happy that I have tomorrow off. I'm happy the week is mostly over. Um, but overall, it was a much better than last week. Great to hear. Hales, how about yourself? It's definitely been a weird one. Um, my divorce is about two weeks away from being final, which is really exciting. But on the same note, my fifth wedding anniversary was supposed to be tomorrow. So just a little weird, but I am spending it with some of my bridal party to celebrate. So we'll make good out of bad. Yeah, that, that, that's uh, it's going to be an eventful weekend for Hales, but uh, we uh, we're, we're hoping that she can have some fun while we're recording and then afterwards uh, going out with uh, with some of her friends. Bus- very busy week for me as well. Um, you know, usually master's week is a week that, uh, you know, isn't supposed to be very, uh, very busy. Usually uh, people kind of take time off. Uh, and a lot of people in my company took master's week off and, uh, piled me with some of their work. So, uh, that, uh, that was fun, but stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts on what's been going on around the national hockey league and the hockey world as a whole, since the last time we all got together. And so without further delay, let's drop the puck for our opening face off. And there has been a decent amount. It's happened since the last time we recorded. We didn't record last week, uh, you know, just schedules. And then we wanted to get back on our normal Friday evening recording schedule. So uh, there has been a good amount of stuff that's happened since the last time we all got together. Lauren, I'd love to start with you. Uh, Any opening thoughts as we get this episode started? Uh, Super happy baseball is back, even though Friday's game didn't go the way Red Sox fans wanted it to. Super, just super happy that baseball is back. And stop being mean to people on the internet. It's just, it's baseball season. So people get really defensive for no real reason. Just stop being mean. Stop engaging if you don't want to just for people to keep coming at you or just, oh, stop being mean. It's exhausting. And it floods my Twitter timeline. Yeah. It seems like we have to talk about this all the time. Stop being mean. Like, it's just... it. Online discourse is just so toxic and awful. It's, it's just, it's, it's the worst. That's why I, I've even got to the point where I curate my social media. If someone is out of line uh, who I'm not following, or if I am following, uh, if they're just annoying me, like you're not obligated to, to engage with anyone. Like that's not an obligation. If someone is bothering you, you can mute or block them. Like and I, I do it at first glance now. If, if someone says something that I'm like, okay, this person I can already tell is going to be annoying, I just mute them right away. I have about 15 to 20 people who are still tweeting into the void at me. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. Or they have no idea that I don't see it. And they keep uh, you know saying, oh, you're an idiot, uh, this, that, and the other thing. It's hilarious. Uh, like I'll check on my burner sometimes to see what's happening. But uh, it, it's 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 uh, it's necessary to curate uh your timeline these days. And if someone is just being ridiculous, just get rid of them. You're not obligated to speak with anyone. I agree, Lauren. Also, like if you want to block somebody, just do it. 
or mute them. Like it doesn't make you soft. It doesn't make you a coward. Like if you don't want to interact with people, you have every right to just hit block. It's your social media. It's what you want to do. I saw a lot of stupid stuff today. So I'm, it's like still so fresh in my mind. And I'm just like, oh, people suck. Yeah, it, they really do. And since I'm still in hockey mode, uh, the Red Sox get an overtime loss point, right? For uh, for that extra innings defeat. Like that, we, we get a point in the standings. They get two. It's two for points and overtime losses for, for baseball. Okay, there we go. All right, so we get, <laughs> we get the two points still. I actually had no idea they brought the imaginary runner at second base. Well, it's a real runner, but uh, they automatically starting extra innings with a guy at second base. I d- didn't realize they brought that back. That's a dumb rule. Dumbest rule ever. We could do a whole show just on, we could do a baseball show on the hockey podcast just on that rule. Well, it's on that note, we are going to be fixing hockey later in this episode. We have a, a really fun segment where we propose how we would fix the, the game of hockey, make it a little bit more fun, make it a little bit more cohesive with some rule changes. So uh, that was, I didn't even intend for that to be a segue, but it is a segue. So that's a nice tease for later on. We'll be doing some rule changes. Hales, about yourself, any opening face-off, some uh, opening thoughts to start off this episode? Yeah, so I said that if Boston won a third, Boston Pride won a third Izzy, then I would be buying a jersey, which I will be next week on Thursday when I get paid. But I have to choose between Captain Dempsey, who we all love, and uh, number six, because number six is my favorite number. So I need help choosing because number six is also an incredible player. So, and I know it starts with an F. I'm blanking on her name right this second and I can't look it up, but. Bracken. Thank you. She did amazing <laughs> in the tournament. So it made me want six a little bit more um, just because of how well she did in the tournament too. But I don't know because Dempsey is just like clutch. So I don't know what to do. Well, we got lots of another fantastic tease there by Hales because we're going to be doing some PHF, some Isabel Cup talk. Uh, It would have to be Sammy Davis for me. Uh, If I'm getting a a Boston Pride jersey, it's definitely Sammy Davis for for me on this end. Um, But for me, let's, my opening face off, I I have several thoughts that uh, are all percolating throughout my head, but um, what I wanted to first start off this episode uh, by saying is congratulations to Marion Hosa, uh, who has long since retired from the NHL. Well, not long since retired. He's probably been retired four years, maybe. Uh, but he, he played for the Senators. He played for the Red Wings. He played for the Blackhawks. Uh, you know, very well-traveled player, very accomplished player. He's actually going to get his number 81 retired by the Chicago Blackhawks uh, upcoming. So fantastic honor for him. Uh, and, you know, we're, again, it makes me feel old uh, seeing uh, Rick Nash, now Marion Hosa. You're seeing all these uh, these players get their numbers retired that we all grew up watching. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. And, you know, Tuka Rask gets uh, got his honor uh, at the TD Garden, uh, the, you know, this past week. Uh, it was really cool to see him, uh, you know, get acknowledged in front of the TD Garden faithful, even though half those people probably cursed him out on social media. We won't get into that, but uh, it, it's uh, it's a fantastic honor for Marion Hosa. Congratulations to him. But before uh, you know, we we get into uh, our one and only news segment. Before we get into some fun stuff, I did want to uh, share a quick congratulations uh, to Austin Matthews from uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. As everyone who listens to this show knows, uh, this is a Maple Leaf slander podcast the majority of the time, but. A brand new 
Toronto Maple Leafs franchise record with 55 goals. Uh, it's now 56. Uh, he added another one shortly afterward, but uh, setting a brand new franchise record. One of the best goal scorers in the game today. Congratulations to him. Uh, it's really, really incredible. And, uh, you know, he's leading the charge for a Maple Leafs team that will almost certainly flounder in the first round of the playoffs again. Let's be honest, it's Toronto. But for now, uh, they are having a great regular season. They're led by Austin Matthews. But our first news segment of the day, uh, you know, this story is almost about a week old. Again, it's been a little while since we recorded, but I've wanted to discuss this since it came out. Uh, I was very bothered by this incident and then the the discussion afterward, because we've talked on this show quite a few times about hockey culture. And, uh, you know, we had a whole segment about, uh, you know, the the need to answer the bell, quote unquote, uh, from that Bruins um avalanche incident earlier this year uh and once again we had a an example of hockey culture kind of you know going off the deep end uh in a game between the anaheim ducks um and uh and the washington capitals and i uh, sorry not the washington capitals i don't know why i had that on the brain uh the anaheim ducks and the arizona coyotes so uh again a little over a week ago during the first period of the coyotes ducks game Trevor, Trevor Zegras scored a goal. Uh, he did the, the Michigan again, uh, something that he's pulled off several times this year. Uh, just a, a really cool move where he you know picks the puck up behind the net on his stick uh, and uh, is able to almost lacrosse style flip it into the net. Uh, he has done this multiple times. Uh, it's a really cool move. Uh, you know, between Trevor Zegras and Troy Terry, the Ducks have some really exciting young players. The team fell off in the second half of the season, you know, plummeted out of a playoff spot. They lost 11 in a row. It was rough for them, but they still have a, a nice core of, of young players. And shortly after that, and this is probably why I had Washington Capitals on the, on the mind, Jay Beagle, who did win a Stanley Cup with Washington, uh, he decided that, okay, well, you know, uh, Troy Terry, Trevor Zegers, these guys are, are scoring goals. They're having fun. Uh, you know, they're, they're you know, putting together some flashy plays. I've had enough of this. Uh, so. The Coyotes were down 5 nothing to the Ducks at this point. Uh, Beagle decided to cross-check Trevor Zegers from behind uh, and then just began to openly fight Troy Terry, who really didn't even want to engage, really didn't even want to fight. Uh, but Beagle decided to, you know, he I think he ended up la- landing 10 or, 10 or 15 punches on Troy Terry. Uh, you know, he, he dropped him and then basically tried to take on the entire Ducks team. Uh, now, Troy Terry himself, you know, four or five seasons in, he had never had a fighting major. So again, he didn't really, really want to engage. Now, where the story takes its turn is where Tyson Nash, who was a very famous enforcer during his time, uh, he, you know, is on the Coyotes broadcast team now. And he says, that's the problem with these young players. You want to embarrass guys. You want to skill it up. You better be prepared to get punched in the mouth. Uh, so. Nash basically applauding uh, what uh, what Jay Beagle did, um, and I gotta say I'm not sure whose actions are more embarrassing here. Uh, whether it was Jay Beagle who, you know, it, he crossed the line, but admittedly he's probably a little bit frustrated. Yeah, you're getting shown up. You're down five nothing. You're on the Coyotes, so that's already bad enough. You're on a god awful team. Uh, you're about to be playing at Arizona State uh, Recreational Facility next year. Uh, I can imagine why he's a little frustrated. Uh, but then, yeah, you have Tyson Nash sitting on the broadcast saying, 
yeah, you know, this, this, he deserves to get uh, cross checked from behind, uh, you know, blindsided. Uh, and, uh, you know, Troy Terry has to be forced to fight because these guys are really skilled offensive players and, you know, they, they are able to score some flashy goals. Yes. Hockey is a physical game. We understand that, but, you know, cross-checking from behind, that's dangerous. You know, that, that go, flies in the face of player safety uh, and, you know, trying to fist fight a guy who has no interest in engaging also flies in the face of player safety. So I'm really, really surprised uh, at a Beagle's actions and B the reaction from Tyson Nash, who, by the way, had a chance to kind of take back his comments. He had a chance to backtrack uh, their next game. Uh, you know, it, uh, the, like the team, like uh, the, the team television station, the next game basically kind of says, Hey, you want to clarify these comments. And instead Nash doubles down saying, well, maybe I shouldn't have said skill it up. I should have said hot dogging, uh, which, you know, again, in reference to Zegra scoring the, the Michigan, uh, you know, a, a fancy goal, uh, but says, uh, you know, he also didn't like how Ducks players smiled and smirked after scoring. And what, uh, what happened uh, at the hands of Jay Beagle is what you have to be prepared for. I just unloaded a lot here. Lauren and Haley, I'd love to hear from you on, A, what do you think was going through Jay Beagle's mind? You know, Tyson Nash's comments are just utterly ridiculous. I don't understand how uh, you have to be expected to get cross-checked or, uh, you know, be forced to uh, unwillingly fight because you're happy that you scored. Lauren, I'd love to start with you on this. What was going through his head? I don't know. A bunch of nothing, apparently, because he just like what in the world was so bad about that whole sequence that affected him so negatively? Like who hurt you? Because this is what's fun about the game. And this is what is exciting. And it's fun to see kind of different goals being scored in fun ways. And it's just if you want to grow the game, it's not sitting there bitching and moaning about how players celebrate it, it, god forbid they're they're smiling and happy after they score i don't know what they should do maybe like thumbs down each other and just like go back to the bench but i think it's just dumb i think it's just i hate saying like boomer mentality but that's exactly how it comes off like this is how we used to play you shouldn't be doing stuff like this like you have to adapt and it's like if you don't like how they celebrate or if you don't like the way goals are scored that's fine. And there's a way to articulate that, but to go on this rant, to just act like it's the worst thing in the world and act like someone got stabbed on the ice and was just left for dead. It's just so over the top and over dramatic. And it's, it's just silly. And it's like, let them play, let them have fun, let them score any way they can. And Mark, I think it was you. I think it was you who tweeted like, oh, they're just grumpy. They're going to be broadcasting games from like a college rink. I think that was you. And it was just like, it's got to be it because what in the world is so bad about, like I said, that whole sequence that made you just like sound like you're going to jump off a bridge. Yeah. I mean, Tyson Nash, again, I know that he didn't have the hands uh, to, to pull off the Michigan. Uh, I don't think he scored more than a handful of goals in his entire NHL career. He had, uh, you know, more fighting majors than goals. Uh, so, you know, that's the type of player he was. And so obviously he's going to sympathize with uh, someone who's, you know, about to, to throw hands, but, you know, not even the fight again, just someone scored. So you're going to blindside cross check them from behind. I mean, that's just Bush league. It's ridiculous. And yeah, I, I agree, Lauren. I don't know what 
could possibly be going through someone's head that they think that's okay. And, you know, if you don't want someone to celebrate scoring goals, stop them from scoring. You know, the thing is with, with Zegris pulling off, you know, the Michigan, you know, that's a move that basically you need to be untouched. Uh, you know, you, you go behind the net and have to not be followed. You have to you know, be able to stop yourself, uh, you know, angle your stick at a way that allows you to, to, you know, get the puck on your blade and flip it up and then be able to you know, go around someone and, and lacrosse shovel it into the, the net. Like it, it happens in the matter of, you know, five, you know, five, six seconds, but you know, five, six seconds is a lot of time in hockey. So, uh, you know, if you see Trevor Zegers going behind the net, follow him, follow him. Don't let him stop, you know, hit him behind the net legally. Like there are ways to, to prevent him from scoring the first place. And, you know, because he pulled off the fancy move uh, because he, you know, smiled and smirked after doing it, that, uh, that means he deserves to have his head on a, 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 on a silver platter. It's ridiculous. And uh, yeah, Tyson Nash, the fact that he not only made these comments, but then, you know, doubles down saying, oh, well, you know, he's hot dogging. Again, just stop them from scoring, you know, stop them from scoring in the first place. Maybe your frustration is, uh, is the fact that uh, the Coyotes are one of the worst teams in hockey, despite that uh, five or six game stretch where they were scoring like six goals a game. That was an aberration. Other than that, they've been God awful. Um, Haley, we've talked a lot on this show about hockey culture and uh, how, a lot needs to change. And this is just another example where, you know, you have these promising young players. Uh, the NHL is a league that does not do a good enough job marketing its young players. Uh, you know, they need to market players like, uh, you know, Troy Terry and Trevor Zegris. And instead they're getting their, you know, their faces beaten in by an enforcer. And you have league sanctioned broadcasts saying, yeah, great job. Great job. You know, these guys need to have their, uh, expect to have their face, planted into the ice uh you know what what do you make of all, all of this i mean yeah obviously there's fights in hockey right and typically it's deserving because somebody did something shitty but in this case all he did was for a goal like there's nothing wrong with and i don't know i'm I'm one for celebration. Like, where did we get into this mindset that you can't celebrate? Like, the stupid taunting rule in football. Like, oh, no, I'm going to hurt your feelings. You can't celebrate something great that I did. I don't understand it. Um, and like you said, young players, like, they need to be marketed for. And they don't need to have their face put in the ice just because they're young and scoring goals. And to, to blindside somebody like that, that's dangerous. You're potentially ruining someone's career over what? Because they scored a goal that you couldn't. I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. And just a little teaser, my hockey rule change has to do with fighting. So stay tuned. Okay, so we got that, uh, that coming up. Uh, Haley, if you couldn't tell, is in the car right now. Uh, so uh, yeah, she's uh, she's on her way uh, to do something fun, uh, but she's still uh, sticking with us for the rest of this episode. But yeah, like like you said, Haley, you know the and even the name of this podcast, Snipe and Selly, like we're a very pro celebration podcast. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the fact that uh, that you know celebrating scoring a goal is is uh, being referred to as hot dogging it's it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and, and like you mentioned, there is a place in the game for fighting. Uh, usually if it's, 
you know, a, a player trying to get, uh, get, get his team going. Maybe they, they're, they're a little bit lifeless. They're down by a goal and, and they want to play a spark. They'll fight someone who's willing to engage, not someone who uh, feels like he's being pressured into it. Um, and, uh, and, you know, again, like you mentioned, what if Trevor Zegers had gotten hurt uh, being cross-checked from behind like that? Luckily he wasn't, but uh, imagine he got hurt and missed time because someone was so frustrated that he scored a goal that he's like, well, you know, now I got to take your head off. You know, it, it's a physical game and we're not sitting here trying to say that the game shouldn't be physical, but there's a difference between physical engaged play and cheap shots. And Jay Beagle just decided he was going to cheap shot some, uh, some young promising uh, Anaheim duck players because reasons uh, like the, the, it's just ridiculous. Uh, and, and Tyson Nash, uh, you know, maybe he'll get a, a second attempt to, to take back his comments. Uh, uh, and maybe, maybe he'll make them worse again. I don't know. Cause when he was given a chance to backtrack, he's, he decided to double down and say, you should expect to get your teeth knocked out because you scored a goal in a fancy way. It's ridiculous. And there's no place in hockey for it. And I hope that this is not something that we see happen moving forward. Oh, but uh, I do want to move on because we have uh, some, some positive stuff to discuss uh, and some, some exceptional playoff hockey in the Isabel cup playoffs over in the PHF. Uh, so when we recorded our last episode, it was after the first, uh, first, you know, game, uh, the, you know, the, the semifinal games. Um, and, you know, we, we saw a lot of great action, but, you know, there was a lot to be determined still Boston and Toronto were still, uh, you know, uh, still alive. Uh, the Connecticut whale uh, was still alive as well. And we had some exceptional semifinals and then a tremendous Isabel Cup final between the Boston Pride and the Connecticut Whale. You know, the, the Pride were down two to one. They scored two goals in what, 17, uh, 17 18 seconds or something uh, to take the lead. They tack on another and they wind up winning four to two to capture their third Isabel Cup final victory. Uh, they now have, uh, you know, again, three Isabel Cup titles. No one else in the PHF even has two. Uh, so I guess my first question, are the Boston Pride a dynasty? And number two, uh, what was everyone's thoughts on Isabel Cup weekend? Because it, it was fantastic hockey. Again, this was uh, games on ESPN Plus, then the final itself on ESPN2. So great exposure for the league once again. Uh, and I think this is a great way to put an exclamation point on another fantastic season. Uh, with a lot of growth expected in the future, Lauren, what were your thoughts on uh, on you know the the Isabel Cup playoffs as a whole over there in Tampa, as well as the final uh, with the Pride and the Whale? Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it was a really good weekend of a lot of really competitive, fast-paced, really fun hockey. Um, I'm so happy for the Pride. I love when the underdog wins. I obviously predicted, I believe, it was the Whale who'd win, and at one point it looked like that was going to be the case, but you can never count the pride out. They're, they're gritty. They know how to fight. And yeah, 100%, they are a dynasty. And it makes you think, could this have been their third straight? Could they have gone, gone for the three-peat had COVID not ruined the, the Isabel final then? So I don't think there's any question about it. They're not only the only team to go back to back, they're the only team to have three Isabel Cups. And they were the only team to have two Isabel Cups. So I think that for what's what's it how long has it been around eight years and you have three championships in that time I think that's speaks for itself and I just feel like this team just gets better and better every season like I said they're never out you can never count them out and 
I know it was Jillian Dempsey that was just like proving she wants to prove people wrong all the time and they love being able to to be the underdog and come back and blow people's minds and they continue to do that so I think that with the game being on ESPN or ESPNU or two, whatever, whatever it was, I can't remember, but it's so good for, for the game itself. And it's so good for the growth of the women's game because it's on those big networks and it's easy to find. You can just scroll through your TV and it's right there. You're not trying to set up a laptop to your computer. You're not trying to get your computer on the Wi-Fi or anything like it, it's there and it's so easy to watch. And it was a lot of fun. I'm really happy for the women. And hopefully next year, you know, you keep expanding the league. You keep getting these kinds of deals with the TV networks and you keep growing the game because people watch it. It's not, it's none of this. So who cares about women's sports? Just look at the viewers, look at the ratings. It's, it's such a tired old narrative, get some new material because people do indeed care about women's sports. Yeah. I mean, you had the, uh, the, the women's national championship for basketball that uh, did incredible numbers uh, on a night when, it was the most prominently uh, featured uh, program on ESPN. Uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, no baseball on, uh, you know, and uh, I think, you know, UConn ended up losing, which was a surprise. It always uh, seems like UConn women's hoops wins everything, but uh, it was fantastic to see the numbers there. So yeah, you're, you're exactly right, Lauren. Um, with, you know, women's sports, there is a market for it. People are interested in watching uh, and, you know, these uh, this great performance, uh, you know, in the Isabel Cup playoffs by the PHF, it's just another example. Uh, it, it, it's been fantastic to watch. And even just, you know, the way that the, the Pride celebrated was great. Again, we're a pro celebration podcast. The Pride, were, uh, they were celebrating. Uh, I think it was Soroya Tinker uh, who had complained saying, oh, my God, they won again, quote unquote. And, uh, and the Pride started tweeting at her uh, saying, oh, yeah, it's us. Here's uh, here. Here's Izzy. Uh, and then they were they were poolside with the trophy the next day. Like, it, it, it's great to just uh, see that type of, uh, you know, interaction on social media, too. Um, but, yeah, I think that's another great point that the Pride could have been looking at a three-peat had COVID not interfered because uh, the Pride were an absolute wagon back in 2020. Uh, I would like to point out that our line mate, Mike, who is not able to be here with us from the quarterfinals, to the semis, to the final itself, he literally predicted every single game correctly. So shout out to Mike. Uh, he he literally nailed the entire Isabel Cup playoffs. Uh, it's uh, he he wrote the script. Uh, so and and on my end, the Mark Paselli reverse jinx continues to work. I kept saying Toronto Six would upset the Pride, and the Pride ended up steamrolling them. So uh, you know the reverse jinx. I'm going to take credit. It still works. Uh, but Hales, how about yourself? I know that you were watching a ton of uh, the Isabel Cup playoffs. You know, what did you think of the Pride victory? Again, you know, they're entering dynasty status, uh, the celebration, just, you know, your thoughts on everything. Yeah, so I watched every game. It was incredible. I'm still upset that it's only one game and you're out, elimination game-wise. I really think it should be at least three. Uh, hopefully we'll see that rather soon with the growth of this league and I think that these teams deserve it. They're incredible hockey players and they put on an incredible playoff year to year. So every game was really exciting. Every game was fun to watch. Uh, obviously, Pride even more so because we're a Pride hockey podcast here. Um, but you literally, there's not a Boston team that you can count out of the playoffs. There's just not because Boston is different in the playoffs they have a different mindset and so 
praying that Boston would come back. Um, but you just can't count them out. And so are they a dynasty? Absolutely. They're unstoppable. And I do think that they would have had a three-peat had COVID not ruined it. I think that they are on a roll right now. And the best thing about <laughs> this final was the quotes afterwards. Uh, Katie Burt, our goalie, saying uh, RIP to the rest of the league because nobody wanted them to win. I mean, it's the greatest quote I've ever heard. So I really enjoyed it. I'm a pride fan for life. I hope they win more Isabel Cup. And, you know, I I had snapchatted out a picture of the game being on and two people asked me about women's hockey and where to watch it. And just, I mean, you might think that you're not doing anything because you're just one regular person at home who's not in like sports media or marketing or anything, but you're still helping people. You're still teaching about the league. So just get out there and, and help these women and help expand this league and get more eyes on it. Yeah. Very well said Hales. I mean, yeah, the, the league continues as we've discussed several times, you know, you have the, uh, the seventh team coming, the expansion team uh, in Montreal, uh, you know, hopefully this league can get up to 10 teams soon enough. Uh, you know, the, the salary cap is increasing massive investment uh, going into the league. So hopefully we can get to a point soon where, uh, you know, the Isabel cup playoffs, they expand to a single game from a single game elimination to a best two out of three, like you had mentioned, uh, that'd be fantastic uh, where, you know, the, the playoffs don't have to take place over a weekend uh, where it becomes these, these women's primary source of income. So they don't have to get back to a job uh, necessarily. Uh, and you can, you know, expand those games out, those playoffs, put them on weeknights, it's coming uh, again. The, the the amount of growth of this league has experienced just in the last two years alone has been exceptional. And and like Lauren had pointed out earlier, not having to figure out what Twitch stream it's on, and uh, you know, can I watch on my laptop? Like it's right there on regular TV. It's just a regular uh, you know hockey playoff. Um, so it uh, it really was a fantastic weekend of hockey. Um, you know, the pride, they really celebrated hard. It was great to see. Um, and, uh, it, we are a goalie podcast as well. So, uh, so Katie Burt, yeah, fantastic. Uh, as you had pointed out, Haley, fantastic celebration, uh, on her end as well. So we do want to you know, talk about the, the teams that are, you know, catching our eye at this point, uh, like we normally do, but before we get to that, again, we wanted to inject a little bit of fun into, uh, into the, uh, into the show more so than we normally do, because, of course, you're still listening because you love everything about Snipe and Selly. But one thing that we and we alluded to this earlier, you know, what if we could better the game of hockey? What if we could change things up and uh, and, and make it uh, a little bit, um, you know, more appealing, uh, whether it's a serious rule change, whether it's something silly. So we are going to fix hockey in this next segment. We are going to come up with some rule changes um, now. We do want to start with uh, our, our line mate, Mike, uh, who couldn't be here. He had uh, some line changes, uh, sorry, some rule changes um, that uh, that were more on the serious side. So, you know, Mike is a big proponent of doing away with or drastically changing the delay of game rule when, uh, you know, you, you a player shoots a puck that goes over the glass without being deflected. Uh, he wants there to be like, uh, you know, two different forms of it, basically, um, you know, maybe if if something is blatant and you can see a player, you know, clearly shoot the puck over the glass, uh, you know, maybe that's a penalty. Uh, but if it just seems completely unintentional, again, that's tough to determine 
at the time, but you know, they review things anyway, uh, you know, with the coach's challenge, maybe you can review whether or not you think there was intent behind throwing a, a puck over the glass. Uh, it just seems like a really flawed rule. And Mike, uh, you know, was really a proponent of saying, you know, let's, let's re revisit that rule uh, where, you know, you try to, to clear a puck and you, you catch it on a bad angle. You accidentally put it over the glass. Suddenly, you know, you're in the box for two minutes. Just seems very flawed. Um, and he also, and this is something I think we can all agree with is let's clarify goaltender interference uh, because the NHL uh, and the, the league office in Toronto still has no idea what goaltender interference is uh, on a game by game basis. Uh, you know, you'll see a, a goal, you know, challenged or just reviewed for whether or not there was goaltender interference. And no matter how well, you know, the NHL rule, but it's anybody's guess. It really is anybody's guess because they're now saying that the very slightest of contact uh, towards a goaltender could be goalie interference uh there you know contact that the goaltender himself initiates even coming out of his crease is now uh sometimes being called goaltender interference i mean it's just it's absolutely ridiculous uh goaltender interference should be if a goalie is fundamentally redirected and prevented from properly playing his position whether it's a player making contact in the blue paint uh or, uh, or you know initiating contact knocking him down uh you know putting the goaltender in a position where a a puck goes in specifically because he was interfered with. Not uh, he may have uh, breathed on the goalie. Uh, they, they they may have brushed pieces of equipment. It had no impact on the play. But we're going to call back this goal. Uh, so we really uh, we agree with our line mate Mike. We really need to see a revamp of uh, of goaltender interference uh, along with his delay of game suggestion. So thank you very much to Mike. Uh, so that's one way we would go about fixing hockey. Lauren, I'd love to to jump over to you next. What are some ideas that you have uh, for some rule changes that would definitely improve the game of hockey? Abolish the shootout. It's stupid. And when there's, I think this would be kind of fun when there's a power play. So say, oh, say the Bruins go on the power play. Tampa Bay is uh, on the penalty kill and the, and the Bruins score. I think the whoever's in the penalty box needs to stay in there for the two minutes. You're in there for two minutes, stay in there. It shouldn't end just because the Bruins score on the power play. So everyone should stay in there. If the goalie commits a penalty, then they should go in the box and teams can figure it out. That would be so much fun to watch. I love chaos. And then in overtime, after the first minute, it should go down. If they haven't scored, go down to two on two. And then in the final minute, just go one-on-one -on -one with the goalies, like one player on each team and the goalies. Chaos. I think it would be fun. It'd be a lot of, I'd, I'd probably need a lot of Xanax to just like re relax during overtime, but no shootouts, more fun when it comes to power plays, penalty kills and overtime. I love that. I love that, Lauren. One of your rule changes directly flies in the face with one of mine, uh, but that, that's cool. That's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that makes uh, for a great conversation. Uh, I absolutely love where you're going with that. And uh, yeah, it, cause you know, overtime, uh, it, you sometimes you'll see the three on three overtime where, you know, teams are like, okay, you know, if it were like at a minute to go, we're going to kind of uh, peel back a little bit. Uh, this is probably going to a shootout. We'll settle it there. A shootout is just the worst way to end a game. Uh, now in one of my rule changes, I do not advocate 
uh, getting rid of the shootout, but I totally be behind that. Um, you know, I know that they need a, a fast way to end regular season games. So I get why it exists, but you know, maybe make it a skills competition or something. I don't know. Like I, I, that, that's a, a topic for a little bit later when, when I speak, but yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff there, Lauren. Uh, I, I love it. Hales, how about yourself? Uh, you know, what kind of rule changes would you suggest to, uh, to, you know, improve the game of hockey? to try to do this quick because my connection goes in and out on this road a little. Uh, for a serious one, we've talked about it so many times. I'm not going to go too far, but just the long-term recovery, that bullshit that teams have, you know, abused and brought their players back just in time for playoffs. Go listen to some of our older episodes to hear our thoughts on those, but that's a more serious one. As for something fun, just because I, I don't take it seriously. It's just literally for fun. Um, this whole, you know, you have to drop the glove thing that we're literally just talking about. So for those that don't want to drop the glove, they have to do a thumb war. That's, that's the <laughs> solution. I like that. I like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we've talked on this show several times about fixing long-term injured reserve. Uh, you know, that is something that needs to be fixed. And we, we talked last episode, uh, you know, maybe, you change the criteria for what constitutes long-term. I don't think that's unreasonable to say that, uh, okay, you know, long-term injury reserve that uh, as of right now, you have to miss 24 calendar days or 10 games for it to be considered uh, long-term injured reserve. That just doesn't seem long-term enough to me. All right. You know, you, you have a, a hamstring pull or a, or a strained groin or a shoulder issue that can cost you 10 games uh, that, that, that qualifies as long-term injured reserve. No. I think that you need to miss half the season, three months, uh, for it to be considered a long-term injury reserve qualifier that a team should be able to benefit uh, to, uh, to you know, take on additional salary cap space uh, during that time. I, I agree with you 100%, Hales. I was trying to talk too fast and totally said it wrong, so thank you for telling people what it's really called. <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> no problem here. So... I have some ideas as well um, for, for things that, uh, that I would do to change, uh, you know, the, the way that hockey is played and you know, the entertainment factor. I loved Lauren's idea about, uh, you know, keeping a player in the box for the entirety of a power play. Uh, I mean, there are certain situations where uh, a team will score like 10, 15 seconds into a power play, like the first offensive zone draw, they score guy gets out of the box. Now, obviously the damage has been done. A goal has been scored uh, that probably wouldn't have been otherwise. Uh, so the team has benefited, but you know, they only got 15 seconds uh, of an advantage. I love that idea of keeping uh, a player in the box the entire time, uh, you know, with that, uh, that man advantage. I think that's really cool. Uh, you know, you, you know, for uh, a major, uh, or even a double minor, you'll see extended, to, you know, on a double minor, if you score before two minutes is up, uh, you'll still get the second, uh, you know, uh, power play. So you'll still get another two minutes and then a five minute major, you just get the entire five minutes, but why not extend that to an entire power play? Uh, you know, uh, so you could score potentially multiple goals in the power play. I, I love that, you know, penalty kills are still killing off 85, 90% of penalties. So, uh, you know, the odds of another goal being scored are fairly slim. I think it's a great idea. I agree, Lauren. Uh, I just wanted to, to reemphasize before I moved on, but my ideas are uh, specific to overtime as well um, that, uh, that you had pointed out, Lauren, uh, abolish the shootout. So I actually am a proponent of keeping the shootout because of my proposed rule change. So my first pr proposed rule change, 
in the three-on-three overtime slash shootout, no helmets. Now, I know that uh, people are going to hear that and they're going to say, well, you were just advocating in the first 20 minutes of the show for player safety. I am. Don't get me wrong. If you watch NHL three-on-three overtime regularly, there is little to no body contact. This is mainly, uh, you know, players, uh, you know, doing a little give and go. Sometimes if there's nothing in the offensive zone, they'll peel back. They'll skate back to the other end of the ice. There is very little body contact um, in overtime. Uh, you have fewer players in the ice. It's mainly about just trying to, uh, to you know, find a, a slight advantage to go in for a shot on net. So I don't think that the, the players would be at risk if you removed helmets. So I think it's cool. A lot of players have fantastic hair. It uh, flows in the wind. I think that it would be great uh, to see not only the shootouts have no helmets, but also three on three overtime itself, no helmets. I think that it would be really cool. Again, it's, it's mainly the, what overtime has, you know, devolved to in the national hockey league in the regular season, because in the playoffs, it is five on five and it's heart in your throat type of stuff. Uh, but in the regular season, it's, it's mainly just, uh, you know, end to end, you know, someone uh, blocks a shot, uh, you know, you get a two on one the other way, uh, someone misses a shot, uh, the puck goes all the way out of the zone, you get an odd man rush, you know, it's, it's very little contact and more, you know, who can just get a scoring chance uh, to, to go in first. So I think removing helmets would actually be really cool. It would still keep player safety paramount. Uh, and it would, uh, you know, just it's cool to see players kind of skate around like they did back in the 1970s. There were no helmets back then. Uh, no one knew any better back then. Uh, but uh, I, I think it would be really cool. My other proposed rule change. Now, anyone who has followed Snipe and Sally, they listened to enough episodes, you know that I am, or you just follow me on Twitter, I am very against goaltenders playing the puck. And that is because goaltenders are horrible at playing the puck. Uh, they, they, you know, they almost always mess up. Uh, they, you know, they, they, you know, whiff on a clearing attempt. Uh, the puck goes right to a, a player on the other team. They go and they, they get a scoring chance. I want to get rid of the trapezoid rule, the Martin Brodeur rule, because I think this is why goaltenders have gotten so bad at playing the puck. They're timid. They don't want to go outside the, uh, you know, the, the allowed area where they might get a penalty for playing the puck. Uh, so they're a little bit timid. Uh, maybe they, they whiff on a shot because they're, they're worried about, they got to get back into, into their net. I want to remove that rule. And I know that again, this was put into place because of, of player safety. You don't want a goalie skating too far out of his net, potentially being exposed to body contact. It's a very rare situation that you would see that, uh, you know, you're not going to see the Milan Lucic, uh, steamrolling Ryan Miller play, uh, very often. I think that let goalies play the puck wherever, whether it's, it's directly behind their net, uh, whether it is uh, out in front of their net, because if you let them play the puck uh, wherever, they'll probably get more skilled at potentially trying to, uh, in an empty net situation, you know, try and flip the puck uh, off the boards and, and, and down the net, see if they can score a goal. I want to see a goalie goal. Uh, you know, we get goalie assists every now and then. Those are fine. I want to see a goalie goal. I want to see goalies like Marty Brodeur uh, in his heyday who are skilled at playing the puck. Let them do it. Uh, so I would abolish the trapezoid rule. I think that you, you need to allow goalies to play the puck. I think it would be really cool to let them do that um, and maybe make their pads a little bit smaller too because it's getting a little ridiculous how some of these goalies have pads that are like three times the size that they should be uh, and you know they take up the entire net on that alone. So as much as I am a goaltending enthusiast, 
I think they're getting a little bit of a break uh, with the padding that they're allowed to wear. So make their padding a little bit smaller, regulate that, allow them to play the puck wherever, and uh, you know, no, uh, you know, no helmets in three-on-three overtime. I know this is making me sound like I am anti-player safety, but I promise I am not. I think that it would go over fantastic. Uh, so if you guys have any proposed uh, rule changes of your own, uh, anything that, uh, that you, know, you want uh, to see happen that would potentially open up the game of hockey, make it a little bit more fun, uh, it can be something silly. Uh, if you suggest bringing back the two-line pass, we will block you. Um, but, uh, you know, tweet at us at Snipe and Sully Pod uh, on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you or if you just have some feedback on our tremendous suggestions. Uh, you know, let's, uh, let's get a conversation going on social. So before we wrap things up, I did want to go around to each of my line mates and have them share uh, what teams really caught their eye over this last week and a half. Again, it's been a little bit uh, since we last got together. Uh, so, you know, who's really caught your eye in both a positive and negative way over these, la- these last, you know, week and a half, two weeks. Uh, spoiler alert, the Ducks are probably going to be <laughs> on the negative side for everyone. Uh, they did lose 11 in a row, but, uh, you know, we'll see what, uh, what people have to say. So, uh, Lauren, I'd love to start with you first. Who's really caught your eye over these last two weeks or so? Yeah, shout out my abs, per usual. Um, they're always doing great things. But the Florida Panthers, I know that They've been good all season, but I feel like they're getting better as the season begins to wrap up. They're eight and two in their last 10. They've won their last five and it's, they're getting ready to get the number one seed in the Atlantic division. I don't think there's any way around it. I think that's their division to lose. Um, Also the Minnesota wild, I've mentioned them quite a bit this, this year, but they're second in the central division, just behind the the just behind like 15 points behind the avalanche but they are um in second place they they're eight and one and one in their last 10 and i just feel like they're a really exciting fun team to watch they did get rid of some exciting players at the trade deadline but they've also acquired some pretty good talent um particularly a goalie a very familiar goalie um and then for teams that have kind of disappointed me it's it's the Bruins. And it's funny because they've been my team to watch the past few weeks. And it's, it's just, maybe it's Jeremy Swayman's rough patch that he was bound to hit at some point. Maybe it was just, I didn't really see a lot of next man up mentality in their most recent loss to the Red Wings and also losing Hampus Lindholm and David Poshnok and Trent Frederick wasn't around for a little while. So it's, it's injuries are starting to add up, but when you have an opportunity to be the team like the Red Wings, who you should beat, you need to capitalize on those two points. So Kind of disappointed in them, but in hopefully they can bounce back. They have some pretty crucial games this weekend and starting Friday. So hopefully they can make me happy again. Lauren is the harshest of harsh critics uh, <laughs> for points. Yeah, the, the Bruins, I think, are, are uh, 17 and four in their last 21 games. And because ah. the most recent one was a loss, it was like, ah, these guys are pissing me off. <laughs> they are. And it's like, oh, come on, guys. Yeah. It's the Red Wings, and it's like they're in a playoff race. I could say the Sharks have sucked lately, but they're supposed to suck this year. It's like playoffs are right there. You're fighting for seeding at this point. Being healthy is the most important thing, but also getting points against teams that you should get points against is also very important. Very much agreed. Yeah, luckily for Boston, it does seem like the injuries to Lindholm and Pasternak are not going to be very long. Uh, Neither of them have returned back to Boston. They're still on the road trip with the team. So hopefully those won't be long absences. Uh, And but yeah, you know, this is 
you know, we've had a lot of discussion about Bruins fans and the, the way that they have treated Tuka Rask, uh, you know, over his tenure, you know, let's make sure that, you know, Jeremy Swayman gets, you know, the support that, uh, that the fan base should give him. Like you mentioned, Lauren, he's hit a rookie wall here. Uh, he's hit it a couple of times uh, where he kind of hits a wall. He bounces back with a couple of really, really great performances. Uh, and then, you know, he has hit a little bit of a, a wall recently again. Uh, it's expected. And there are some things that he needs to tighten up. His rebound control is one of them. Uh, he seems like he's fighting himself a little bit lately. Right now, Linus Ulmark seems to be the better option of the two. Um, if, uh, you know, if we, if the playoffs were to start tomorrow, uh, fun fact, they don't, uh, you still have another three weeks uh, of, uh, of regular season action, but, you know, don't do what you did to Tuka Rask and, you know, criticize every last thing about, uh, about the guy. And I'm not saying that Lauren did uh, Lauren pointed out, he's having some, some struggles right now, but you know, Bruins fans, I, I, if you ever read the replies to a Bruins tweet, when, uh, when they give up a goal, it is just the worst people in the world. They're just like, Oh my God, this team sucks. Uh, pull this guy. Uh, this guy sucks. It's like, my God, have you never seen a goal allowed before? It, it's just the worst, but um, I digress. Hale, it's about yourself. Who's really caught your eye over uh, this last week or so uh, in the, around the league? I'm going to be honest. I have not watched any hockey since the World Cup playoffs. I apologize to all of our hockey fans out there. Um, as I've reiterated before, work is pretty nuts when you're the only one, you know, that can get called out the crime scenes and handling two jobs at once. So, unfortunately, I just haven't watched a lot of TV, so I'm going to stick with the PHF. I'm going to stick with uh, Boston and Connecticut being the ones that were very impressive and you know obviously Connecticut which throughout the entire season was impressive so I don't think that they should have any doubt on their future I think that they have an Isabel Cup in their you know in their very near future because they played incredible and as for the disappointing one not to be rude but the Buffalo youth um, I just feel like they didn't have a great season they didn't play well at all in the first game against Boston. So I love women's hockey, but, you know, it was a little disappointing. I, I would like to see a little bit more from them in the future. Yeah, very well said. Uh, and yeah, Hales right now is doing the work of like three people in her department. So, uh, yeah, she's not been able to catch a lot of NHL action over the last week plus. But uh, once again, a very nice uh, recap of what we saw in the Isabel Cup playoffs. As for myself, you know, listen, I, Lauren had pointed out the, the Panthers as a, a team that uh, has, has done well recently. Uh, they, they, you know, not recently, they've had a great year in general, but specifically they've won five in a row. And yes, that is true. I got to say though, <laughs> I'm not a fan of this goaltending in Florida. I think that uh, Sergei Bobrovsky has turned back into a pumpkin like he always does. Uh, they had a fantastic game this past week where they came back from five to one down against the Maple Leafs. Uh, you know, they, they actually took a six, five lead. Uh, a lot of the Leafs tie it, then one, seven, six in overtime. Um, but it's, uh, I just don't love the goaltending situation there in Florida. So they are, they are doing great. I have a feeling that this team might turn into a pumpkin once the playoffs start, but we'll have to see. That's why they play the games. Uh, but Toronto, I got to give them major props at this point, because again, I will never shy away from taking a shot at the, uh, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs on this show. But right now they are starting to, they're seven, two and one over, over the last 10. They're starting to put some separation between uh, themselves, uh, Boston and Tampa 
in the Atlantic. And, you know, they're only six points behind Florida, you know, with only 11 games to go. It Well, they pass them unlikely, but they are hot right now. Again, only to fall flat on their face when the Stanley Cup playoffs actually start. But I got to give them props uh, for the moment. Um, but a team that is disappointing me right now will stay in the Atlantic Division, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has lost six of 10, uh, including three in a row. Uh, they do not seem to have the mojo that, uh, that they have had each of the last two years uh, in their cup runs. So I got to you know, point out that they're not playing very well at the moment. Uh, there's a good chance they wind up as the wild card. Um, and, uh, you know, if they have to play Florida, if they have to play Carolina, it could be rough for them. So we'll have to see what happens there. So I do want to wrap things up uh, with empty netters and then uh, have my line mates let our listeners know where they can be found online. Uh, so Haley is, uh, is off uh, to enjoy a fun night with her friends. So we're going to start with her first. So Hales, if you want to give us your empty netters as well as where our listeners can find you online, that would be phenomenal. So my empty netter is just an appreciation of you, Mark, because you are going to an event tomorrow for me just to get a book signed by my favorite author. And you're just an incredible friend. And I'm, I'm very thankful for you for doing that. It's probably an event you would never go to if it wasn't for me. So I really, I love that. Um, and also I can be found at CSI Haley on Twitter and Instagram, CSI Haley 91 on TikTok. You can follow two shows I co-host at Girls Gridiron on Twitter, Gridiron Girls Pod on Instagram, and then also Fierce and Flawed on Twitter, Fierce and Flawed Pod on Instagram. Check out ForTheFansMedia.com. My mom just dropped a new fully baked, so check that one out for sure. And then uh, also follow at ForTheFans on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, all the above. Thank you very much, Hales. Have a great night, and we will talk to you soon. Lauren, same deal with you. Uh, would love if you would uh, provide us with your empty netter. Any closing thoughts as we wrap up this episode, as well as all the long list of places our listeners can find you online. Yeah, so for my empty netter, if anyone needs help planning a wedding, hit me up. I'm having so much fun planning this. It's just been, knock on wood, it's been really smooth. Nothing has really gone wrong and been stressful. I'm, I'm waiting for something to freak me out, but Overall, I've just been having a lot of fun. So hit me up. I'd love to help plan your wedding because like I said, it's almost like a stress reliever for me. And then you can find me um, on all social medias at la 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 Lauren, three laws, Lauren with four R's. Find all my written work on nesson.com. Tons of brew and stuff. We're going to playoff preview starting really soon. And red, lots of Red Sox stuff. Of course, now that they're back in action, you can hear me co-hosting or hosting the Nesson Bruins pod once a week. And you can hear me co-hosting the Locked On Red Sox podcast Monday through Friday. I just dropped an episode Friday night, uh, just recapping the, the game and some injury updates. And I think and I hope that's it. Lauren is one of the hardest working people I know. Uh, so make sure to, to follow her uh, and listen to her at, at all those places that she listed. Um, Lauren is, is enjoying planning her wedding because she's still under the impression that Anders Bjork will be attending. Uh, I know that the he's, <laughs> he's coming. The the uh, I mean I don't know if the the you know, RSVP has been returned yet, but she, she thinks it's coming. Uh, so uh, you know we'll we'll have to see if he winds up uh, you know showing up. I mean it's his off season, uh, so he should be able to attend. Uh, you know so we'll have to see what happens there. But uh, uh, we thank Lauren as always for uh, for 
being like the uh, 8 million thing in a week that she has to do. And she still does it. And uh, we love her for that. Uh, as for myself, and I'm going to forgive Lauren for not giving us the inside scoop on this first, um, but it was uh, I was really excited to uh, to see this past week uh, a brand new six year uh, television deal for Hockey East um, for uh, not only Nesson uh, but also ESPN ESPN Plus. Uh, we had just talked in one of our previous episodes about the need uh, for you know better exposure for NCAA hockey. The same thing that we talked about for uh, the PHF um, and you know, not being able to find where some of these uh, prominent games are being played. Uh, well, ESPN, ESPN Plus and, uh, and Nesson are going to have a, uh, it's a comprehensive, uh, you know, collaborative uh, television deal that uh, all three of those, uh, you know, institutions are going to be uh, showing regular season and, and uh, postseason Hockey East games. Uh, it's going to be very easy for fans of great college hockey to follow along. The, I know that there's no Hockey East teams in the final, uh, but the very best hockey is normally played in the Hockey East. So uh, it's a great place to see some future NHL talent. Um, you know, so there's not a lot of college free agents signed over this, uh, the, these past two weeks. So uh, make sure to watch more NCAA hockey. It is a great product. Uh, and again, we're going to forgive Lauren for not tipping us off if that was in the works. Um, as for myself, I can be found on Twitter at Mark Pacelli 13. That is P I S E L L I. Um, I am on there just, uh, you know, tweeting about, uh, you know, anything that comes to mind. Uh, I got some backlash for, uh, my surprise that, uh, ambulance, the latest Michael Bay film actually seems like it's going to be pretty good. Usually Michael Bay puts out some bad movies. I had some very passionate Michael Bay fans in my replies. So, uh, if you want to talk uh, blockbuster movies, you want to talk sports, what, uh, I'm kind of a mixed bag on Twitter. So uh, give me a follow there. Uh, thank you all of our listeners for, uh, for continuing to, uh, to you know, support us and uh, sharing Snipe and Silly with the hockey fans in their lives. Uh, you know, we had a little bit of a disjointed episode this week. So uh, thank you for, uh, for bearing with us. Uh, we are excited uh, to continue to uh, talk about some great puck next week as well. And until the next time we all get together, enjoy the action on the ice, everyone.